back and so are we. After a two-week break, the action returns in the Singapore Premier League. We welcome round two, but it's only right that we first discuss the biggest talking points so far. Who has impressed and who hasn't? Well, you'll only know if you stay tuned. This is the SPL Podcast. Hi everyone, this is Farah. And I'm Raushan. Now before we get into anything, we at the final whistle firstly want to wish all our Muslim friends and listeners a happy and blessed Eid Mubarak. Hope you guys had the best of celebrations. Now Raushan, how are you my friend? I know you just recovered from a little bit of COVID. How was Hari Raya for you then? Yeah, it hurt me a little when you said Eid Mubarak because I didn't have much of a Eid Mubarak. It was a bit of a COVID Mubarak. But nonetheless, I've caught up on the festivities. I've caught up on the quay. So I'm all good. I'm excited for round two and there's plenty to discuss. Speaking of being excited about a lot of things, how about you introduce who we have today? Because the guy that we have on today came on once during our season preview and then never again. So I feel like he needs a reintroduction. So Roshan, I hand it over to you. (laughs) Yeah, we, we, we try and make people work for their appearances on this show, right? No, I'm kidding. So Russian Grave, a great account of himself uh, when he appeared on the season preview. And we are delighted to be back in the company of Sudarshan, who is a lawyer by trade, but he also played for Tanjung Paga in 2011 and 2012. He's also a committee member at Geylang International. Sudarshan, great to have you with us. How are you doing? Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm good. I'm good. It's been busy, but uh, I'm good to be doing things outside of law again. Great. Now, speaking of busy, let's get straight into our round one review because I think there's like quite a bit of things we would like to discuss. Or I'm pretty sure the both of you would have a lot to say on. So, round one obviously has gone by in a blink of an eye. All nine teams have played each other at least once. Let's get into the main talking points so far. What has impressed us and what not so much. Now, on an individual level, let's start on an in- individual level. Who would you guys say has impressed you guys the most? I mean, you have the likes of Maxim Lestien, who rightfully gets the headlines week after week. And I think now he's on six goals and two assists. Do you guys think he has been the best player in the league so far? Sudarshan, I'll come to you for this first. Uh, I think so. I think so. I think he's produced consistently throughout the first round. and uh, But it's what you expect of him, right? Um, especially that connection with Diego. And I think it's something that even the defenders expect, but they just don't know how to stop it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's been exciting to watch him play. So I do think he has been the best player for me so far. Roshan, what do you think? I mean, we know how you feel about Max Lestien, but so far, the best we have? Yeah, I think Sudarshan hit the nail on the head, right? Defenders know what they're dealing with, but they just can't deal with it. But I also agree when Sudarshan says it's expected. He comes with the pedigree of having played in continental competition in Europe. So you expect that of him. For me, in terms of Headlines, he definitely hogs everything. But I like, can I name the whole uh, Tempris Rovers team? Because they've been standout. I think Faris Ramli, who for me seemed to be losing his way in his career slightly, has found a happy home at uh, at Tempris Rovers. And I hope he will continue to play the way he has just to push Tempris higher up the table and hopefully fight for the title. Also, a special shout out, not to represent another East Side team, but I think Geelang International have caught the eye as well in terms of exceeding expectations. So, Faris Ramli as a player, Geelang International is a team after round one for me. Roshan wrapping his um, insider mm-hmm. thing. Can take the boy um, out of the east. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Now, I was going to say, because you mentioned Faris Ramli, right? And his debut for Tampanese has clearly been very, very impressive. You have also Sayer Kunori, who, in terms of 
the charts, he's done slightly better than Maxim Lestia. I think he has seven goals and two assists to his name. But not surprised because Albrecht's pretty much dish out players like this every other season, don't they? But Sudarshan, have there been any other debutants that you have been impressed with? I think not so much debutants, but a return, right? So I've been very impressed with Joel Chu at, at Tampines, the way he plays and he produces some moments of brilliance which you just don't see it coming and then he gets out of a tight spot so well, right? Uh, him and, like Roshan said, I think Faris has done very, very well. Uh, it was one of those where people were doubtful of the signing when he first made it. And they said, you know, is he going to actually add to the squad? And I think Gavin seems to have gotten the best out of him. And so he's been very impressive as well. And the last one I would think who sort of revived his career a bit is Amirul Adli. Uh, I think he's put in some very strong performances at Geelang. Uh, I was a bit sceptical as well when he first came in because I thought maybe it's not the same player because he hasn't been playing as much. But... He's proven me wrong in that sense. So at this point of time, I feel like I'm getting the sense that we all love Tampines Rovers. They have definitely, <laughs> like I said, impressed us so far. Um, and after round one, they're only one point behind, right? Behind Alberex. So far, so good, right? For Tampines Rovers. I mean, coming into round two, just one point behind the league leaders. Roshan. Yeah, I think certainly we all have been impressed by Tempest Rovers in a big, big way, right? They've, they're the only unbeaten team in the league so far. They've put up not just good performances, I mean, good results. They've also put in good performances, which has caught the eye. And obviously, that, that last gasp penalty by Boris Kopitovic uh, against Haugang United, contentious or not, whatever you want to call it, it helped them salvage the unbeaten record. But I think it's been a breath of fresh air, especially in terms of taking the fight to Albrex. And yeah, Sudarshan makes a fair point about Joel Chu, right? When they let uh, Zerudin Mamedovic go, I was a bit like, hey, are you sure you're going to cope in midfield all right without someone like Zerudin Mamedovic? But you look at the likes of Joel Chu, Shasha Iran, Ong Yuen sometimes playing in there. So it's, it's good to see that Gavin Ball is in full flight. I know it's a term that's often overused, but we talk about that graduation for Gavin. I think this year, in terms of the football, it's matching the output. And as I mentioned earlier, I hope they can continue because no trophies are given out in round one. We can be here waxing lyrical about Tampines at the end of round one, rightfully so, but what's the point if they don't sustain it for rounds two and three, right? So hopefully they do, and hopefully we'll have more to talk about Tampines Rovers as the season goes on. I was gonna. I was timing you. Uh, how long it's gonna take you to say Gavin Ball for the first time? This episode it did not take long. I'm very impressed with that. Now we we we've worked lyrical about you know who we thought we think have has impressed us so far in round one. Now from the impressive to not so much. I'm just gonna get straight into it. Which players or player has been the most disappointing so far? I'll come to you for this one, Sudarshan. I think uh, Brian Ferrer at Haugang. I don't think he's. I don't think he's added enough to to the squad as a foreign player. Uh, maybe he's still getting used to the league, uh, but he's not lived up to what I think people expected from him. He's not coming with the goals. Um, and Haugang as a whole hasn't really gelled yet, right? So hopefully they start getting some performances together and start moving forward. Yeah, I almost, sure. like, yeah. <laughs> I almost feel like I almost feel like Brian. I keep that stopwatch handy because this might be a bit of a rant. <laughs> I almost feel like Brian Ferreira is is uh, 
represents everything that is wrong with Haugang, right? Not good enough, not up for it. And with Brian Ferreira, especially as a foreign player, you expect a certain standard. Murmurs has it that he wasn't ever high up the list in terms of signing. They just had to make do eventually because time was running out. And you can see it's clear as day that he clearly hasn't lived up to expectations. I'm going to put in a bit of an unpopular opinion in terms of players. Not saying necessarily he was done badly, but I think has a lot more to offer. And that's Boris Kopitovic for me because, I mean, Tampanis are flying even without Boris being at his clinical best, right? He has five goals thus far this season, which maybe I'm being a bit harsh because five goals is a decent return, but Boris has raised the bar for himself and it could work that Boris comes to find form in round two and three and perhaps then Tampanis suddenly end up a lot more bigger threat than they are, right? So for me, I don't think Boris has done badly, but he certainly can do better. I was going to say, you, you said unfair and maybe it is verging a little bit on unfair because right now you, you can easily say oh, Tampanese don't have to rely so much on Boris, right? They can rely on other, other people. Whereas the previous few seasons, Tampanese just really have Boris Kapitovic to bail them, not say bail them out, but that's the, kind of, that's the person they look at too week after week. But, okay, so on the note of, we've already spoken on an individual level. This season, at least in round one, We've, we've had plenty to say about Haugang United. We've spoken at length about Haugang. But coming into this season, at the start of it, did we expect him to be gone from his post after round one? Solution? No, not at all. I, I mean, I thought when he added in experienced players, he would have kicked on from what they did last year winning the cup. Uh, but I don't know what it is. I... It might be the loss of Shadan, and that may have been that one player that links everything together that they're missing at the moment. Uh, but no, I didn't expect the performances to be... I didn't expect them to take so long to start gelling. It showed some signs against Tampines, uh, but hopefully that is a sign of good things to come moving forward. Roshan? Yeah, I, I certainly was hoping for big things for Firkas this year, but we've we've dedicated episodes at length for uh, what Haugang were looking to achieve in years gone by, uh, especially this season. It's been difficult for them, and I think it's been shockingly bad that the management has had to act. I feel like it's funny because Tempanese was probably their best performance of the season, and then a couple of days later, Firkas gets the sack, right? It's always bound to happen because I don't think one result is going to suddenly be the galvanizing factor for that Haugak team. And with Marco looking in the background, they had a so-called ready-made replacement in terms of someone with experience in managing in the league. So it was always difficult for Firkas to overturn that. Uh, I'm surprised that SPL is not known for a sacking culture, so for the SPL club Haugang to react the way they did does speak of the problems there. Hopefully, they managed to bring on better results in 2 and 3, but also a big shout-out to Firkas. I do feel he's a very talented and bright manager, and I I hope eventually he does get a chance at a job because he clearly has talent there. You don't win the cup by luck, right? I mean, obviously, cup competition can go either way, but he did well. He showed a good account of himself. And in years gone by, we've seen managers a bit burnt by the big job and then they fall by the wayside. I hope with all my heart that that doesn't happen to Firkas because he's a talented young manager in, in Singapore. There might not be a, uh, too many talented young managers coming through. So hopefully he eventually gets another chance at something like this because I think there's definitely something there for him to achieve. And hey, I'm pretty sure we're going to see him back in the Singapore Premier League or in Singapore football very, very soon. So here's to Firkas and here's to seeing him back very soon. And 
later on we're going to be talking about Hagang United as well and what we can expect from them in round two of fixtures but before we move on into match day 10's preview I do want to ask us because in the season preview we did speak about VAR and what we expect out of it right so far so good with VAR are, are we pleased with, with how we have utilized VAR so far um, I'll leave the lawyer to answer that. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I think in my first appearance, I said that VR was going to make things better, but I take it back. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's actually made things better because some of the... You see, you don't really know how they're making decisions because they. I don't think they have enough camera angles to, to re-look the decisions. You don't actually get to see sometimes what the referee is looking at or what they're checking especially for offsides, right? There's no real way of telling how it is that they are doing it. Uh, and I can't remember offhand, but I remember watching some of the games and thinking that despite having VR, we're still getting it wrong. Um, and so that in that sense, it's been disappointing. Yes, we've implemented the technology and that's a step forward, but I think we still have to get better at using it and having it improve the game. Rosh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think VAR it was always exciting when it was implemented in our league because then it's a step forward for our league. But there have been teething issues. I think we'll be lying if we say it hasn't dominated the headlines at times more than the football. But overall, if it's a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being I'm super happy with it, I'm not at uh, 1 or 2, I'm maybe 6, 7 or 8. Because I think, yes, there have been teething issues. Yes, camera angles can be better. Yes, the transparency has been better. But there has been effort taken by the league to take steps forward. In To start with, the implementation, a couple of times they've gone on record to explain certain decisions, which is not something I often associate with the association. So I'm pleased to see them take those steps forward in terms of accountability. And it's only a test bit of nine matches so far, right? Let's revisit this at the end of round two and possibly the end of the season. And then we can make a more holistic judgment on what needs to be done better. But overall, may the progress continue. I'll leave it at that. Absolutely like, absolutely right, Raushan. Like you said, it's still pretty brand new. So they still have time to get things right. And hopefully they will get things right. So now let's just move on to our Match Day 10 preview. Starting with Tampanese Rovers up against Balestia Khalsa. That's happening this Friday. Kickoff at 7.45pm at our Tampanese Hub. Now in the round one of fixtures, Tampanese bested Balestia Khalsa. Three goals to one at the Jalan Besar Stadium. Now Balestia have the worst defensive record in the league. They've conceded 25 goals so far. I'm going to come straight into this. Tempani should feel pretty confident coming into this situation. Yeah, I think so. I think they are in a good run of form. But I do, I have been surprised by Ballester in terms of some of their performances. They're very gritty. They work very hard. They make it difficult. So uh, they have a chance. Right? Uh, but I do think Tempani will still prevail overall. Raushan, any chance for Ballester at all? I mean, for me, it's just a worry of uh, the time of maybe adding some cobwebs to this Tampanese engine, right? But Tampanese clearly have to go into it favourites. Uh, a couple of things I want to mention about Ballester. We talked about the standout performance this year. In terms of Ryoya Taniguchi, I think he's caught the eye continuing his goal-scoring prowess. And in Jumbo or Shuhei Hoshino, I think they have a player who can link up play. I mean, not to make a 
overly exaggerated comparison, but he is like Harry Kane. He drops and then he tries to bring his teammates into play. He sprays those long passes. So the, he is crucial to how Ballester play. But hey, we've talk, spoken about the good things. Ballester's defense is one of the bad things in the opening round of the league. They they cannot they cannot keep a clean sheet a bit like Liverpool, but they struggle. So I think they're going to continue to struggle against Tampines Rovers. And I expect Tampines to uh, kick off round two with a win. I say uh, 4-1 to Tampines. I'll pretend you didn't say the earlier bit. But, Rasha with 4-1 to Tampines Rovers. And what is your prediction? Uh, I think 2-1 to Tampines. 2-1 to Tampines. All right. Both guys here going with a Tampines Rovers win. Moving on very swiftly to Hagang United against Alborex Negata. That's kicking off 6pm Saturday at the Jalan Bursa Stadium. Again, in round one of fixtures, it was Alborex who had the upper hand. 2 nil to them. They're taking on, like, we've, we've spoken again about Haugang early on in the show about what's not so good in round one, right? They they come into this bottom of the table, but they will come into this with Marco at the helm. Not the easiest of fixtures for him to come into, but what will we hope to see from Haugang from here on now, Sudarshan? Uh, I think there will be probably a lot. There might be a bit more structure in terms of how they play, uh, a lot more compact. Uh, and they will be able to grind out some results, I think, with the with the new coach. And that probably will be a bit more a revival in terms of the energy, right? Uh, the losses may not could not have been easy for the players to take, but now they might be playing with a different uh, level of energy. But like you said, right, Elbrex is not an easy team to play in any season, and especially not this season the way that they are playing. Uh, so I I think they still they will improve, but I don't think this game is going to be the one that where they get their first win. Roshan, will we see a change from this Haugang side from the get-go? I'm laughing because I'm just going to throw a couple of cliches into there. Like back to basics, new manager, bounds, plenty of structure. Everyone's expecting that from Marcos Haugang, right? And you probably would hope for that. But I think they can also take plenty of heart from the performance they put out against Tampines Rovers. Look, they were whiskers away from snatching what have been a very important win for them. I think that will help them. But Come on, Albrecht's Negata are not going to be easy. I think one thing that will work in Haugang's favour is the Young Lions don't play for a while. So hopefully until the Young Lions return from the SEA Games, Haugang can pick up some points. And I think mentally, it's very difficult to be bottom of the table. Then it's you you get, as a player, you're going to feel like you're in a rut, right? So hopefully Haugang pick up some crucial points eventually to try and get themselves off the bottom of the table and then they can work their way up. However, I don't see them picking up any points this weekend against Albrecht Negata. I'll be highly surprised. I think Marco himself will be highly surprised if he gets a result against this Albrecht team who, I don't know how they do it. I think it was Sudarshan who said in our season preview, cookie cutter, right? That's what they are. Mm. Cookie cutter every year is the same mold that they bring and then you this year we talked about Kunori a couple of years ago we we're talking about Tomiyuki Doi then it was Kodai Tanaka it's just always a problem this Albrecht team so I expect them to continue to continue to slug it out with Tampines Rovers and I expect them to have three points here two nil to Albrecht over the weekend. Tudorshan what about you predictions please? I think two nil as well for me to Albrecht. Nice all right Oh, you don't, you, Russia, you don't say he's copying your... <laughs> no, no. no okay, this is he's a lawyer, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, the other Saturday night clash, also kicking off at 6pm at the Jalan Besar Stadium, is Brunei DPMM up against Tanjong Paga United. DPMM did pick up their first win of the season against Tanjong Paga United in a 2-1 victory. Now, Adrian Pellet has insisted this season is more transitional for them and he's also brought up certain factors about them not playing 
genuinely at home yet in Brunei. But regardless, do you think we should still expect a little bit more from them, especially going forward in round two from here on, Sudarshan? Yeah, I, I think so. I think the first round probably is the time they've needed to settle in uh, with the break and all that. I think now they'll start picking up a bit a bit and getting more points on the board. right? Uh, but it's not going to be easy playing Tanjung Paga as well. Uh, the last game was quite close. So I think it'll be a tough game and my sense is I think it'll be a draw. Maybe two all. Roshan? Yeah, for me, uh, Brunei, always the first round was going to be cobwebs, right? Having played domestically, uh, they were always going to take a bit to come to grips with returning to the SPL. So hopefully they iron that out eventually. As for Tanjong Paga, we spoke earlier about Brian Ferreira being such a disappointing signing for Haugang United, right? I think we need to talk about the striking situation at Tanjong Paga as well because I don't think Marin has covered himself in glory in terms of converting chances. Mirko Sujic hit the ground running last year and then suddenly he's gone off the ball. He's anonymous in some of these games. So I think there's pressure on Tanjong Paga and their foreigners to deliver because I think when they replace the likes of Ryo Nishiguchi, who recently suffered an ACL injury, so hopefully he gets well soon. But anyway, when you're looking to replace the likes of Nishiguchi, who's a bona fide goal scorer, it's always going to be difficult. So the foreigners really need to step up for Tanjong Paga because they hit some pretty high heights last year and this year they flattered to deceive a bit. So it's 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 a bit worrying if I were a Jaguar fan. Uh, having said that, I'm with Suzerushan just now. He copied my homework. Now I'm going to copy his homework. I suspect this will be a two-all draw at the weekend. Very nice. Okay, moving on very swiftly to the last match of Match Week 10. Geelang International up against the Lion City Sailors. And I think, if I'm not wrong, this is the featured match of this week. Kicking off at 6pm on Sunday at our Tampanese Hub. Again, just a quick reminder in round one, it was the Lion City Sailors who got the better of Geelang International, three goals to nil. Guys, Geelang have had a pretty alright season so far, right? I mean, they've had four wins, three losses and one draw. How do you think Nur Ali would feel coming into this round going up against the Sailors tradition? Uh, I think he would have some confidence. They tend to... But inconsistency sometimes tends to creep in at Geelang. Uh, but they do show up generally in the past few seasons against Lion City Sailors, right? And I think he will go in with that confidence. He has some players who may have a point to prove to the Lion City Sailors, like Amir Adli, who might want to show up again, right? And show that he can do better uh, and that they shouldn't let him go. Uh, but overall, again, like we said at the start, you know, teams know what to expect from uh, Maxim Lestian and Diego Lopez, but it's not easy to stop them. And, once they get through on the wings and they score a couple early on, it's very difficult to stop them. Uh, and in that sense, so I think Lion City Sales will still prevail. Uh, but I would go for a 2-1 to Lion City Sales. Now, you said confidence, right, with this Geelang squad. There is going to be a little bit more confidence because the Lion City Sailors don't have the greatest of records away from home this season. I think four points out of a possible 12 with the loss to Albrecht and Tampanese. Raushan, any cause for concern coming into this one against Geelang? Uh, possibly, possibly. I was at uh, our temporary sub last year when Geelang, I think, started the season with this 1-0 victory over the Lion City Sailors. Bezakor scored an absolute worldly. I remember watching that. So, there is prior there, right? You talk about waveform, you talk about losing at our temporary sub. It's happened before to the Lion City Sailors. But Diego and Maxim, and then you're going to throw Bernie in the mix, who's going to likely get a start now that Abdul Razak is away at the SEA Games. On paper, 
it's a worrying prospect for this Gelang defence to deal with. They already lost round 1, 3-0. You throw in a bona fide goal scorer in the form of Bernie, who will be hoping to make an impression now that Abdul Razak is away. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think it is uphill battle for Gelang International. Um, I, As per the script, you've put that Gelang has had an alright season. I think they've had a bit more than alright, purely because... They're just three points away from the Lion City Sailors and by all accounts, that's quite an uh, astounding achievement. I hope they continue. I think the club put up a comparison to where they were this stage last season. It's quite a big difference. So, the only hope is consistency can be added and I like Sudarshan's point a lot. There might be some former players out there to prove a win, right? I mean, Rulatli, away from the Sailors, tried to engineer a move abroad, didn't really make it, has found a home at Geelang International. Hopefully, he comes up against his former side and does well. It'll be interesting to see how this one pans out. I don't think it's going to be very straightforward. I'm going to put my hand on another two-all draw in this one and I think Geelang International will do well to sneak a point against uh, the Sailors. All right, I am very intrigued to see which one of your predictions come through at the end of match week 10. <laughs> no, I'll show at least one. All right, guys, we've come to the end of the podcast. Unfortunate, I know, but one thing's for sure you know, we will always be back. Thank you to our guests for this episode, Sudarshan. A pleasure as always having you on. Please come back more often. And of course, to Raushan as well for his insights as always. To you guys listening in, thank you for your constant support to us. We appreciate it always. And you can hit us up across our socials at the final whistle, at Raushan Says, and at Farah Nair. Till next time, guys. Bye bye.